History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Gary Blackford, author of the book The Foglifter, which is about making life a better place to live and uh, talking a bit about his experience with depression and the healing that he's found in Jesus. He's also the pastor of a church called the Blue Cross Church in Coffs Harbour, my old stomping ground. It's great to have him on the line today. How are you, Gary? I'm really good, Matt. Great to great to chat with you. Well, it's good to connect with you. I got uh, your book in the mail the other day, The Foglifter, and uh, had a bit of a browse through it. I'm looking forward to finding out a little bit about uh, this book and uh, how people can connect with you. But before that, let's find out a bit about your story. So where were you raised and uh, what was life like for you as a young fella? Oh, um, I was actually raised um, in a suburb called Carlingford in, in Sydney, um, born up on the north coast, yeah, but uh, as a young fella, I was um, a pretty sick kid, yeah, lots of illness, uh, chronic asthmatic and and all sorts of stuff, so yeah, I was a bit of a challenge of, as a kid, yeah. And you didn't come to Christ till the age of 23, did you have any religious influence in your, in your upbringing? Not really, I think I went to Sunday school twice as a kid, um, I uh, dated a girl who was a, of a particular denomination and I sort of... Didn't really, it really didn't do anything for me. In fact, I remember at one stage uh, they were trying to convert me and I threw away their cassette tapes. I know I'm getting old. Um, and uh, it was all about how to be part of that church and I threw it away going, if God's in this, I'm not into God. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And then uh, what about uh, when you finished school? What, what did you do? Did you go to university? Did you go straight into the workforce? Well, I sort of went in the workforce because I've, 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 I've always battled with dyslexia. So I've, I've educating was not easy and uh, I was never going to pursue something academic. Um, so, you know, I started a boiler-making apprenticeship, which I didn't finish, worked in the bank, uh, a few different things like that. Yeah, tried to get in the army, but they wouldn't let me in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so sort of into the workforce and a few different a few different jobs, yeah. And then something happened at the age of 23 that really just changed your life and, you know, transformed you. What what happened then? Well, um, you're talking about my when I became a Christian? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, a lot of things happened on the lead up to that point, but uh, including including a, attempted suicide and, and a few different things like that. Um, but yeah, at age 23, I ended up at a youth camp through a whole set of circumstances um, up at a place called Tullabudgera in um, southeast Queensland there. And, um, and it was on a Saturday night of the youth camp that I made the, the choice. Um, and uh, that's when I gave my life over to Christ. And some things changed instantly and some things took a lot longer to change but it was the start of what's been an amazing journey and i understand uh you had a, a successful career in sales and you won a whole bunch of awards what kind of work did you do yeah i did that i, I did um sales work for quite a while and um yeah i was uh, working with a major chemical supplier um i've also had my own business um to be like carpet cleaning and things like that but yeah i won a few awards and did all right with it yeah so, and uh, tell us, how did you stumble into becoming a pastor? Oh, look, I think the day I became a Christian, I knew I was going to preach. I just don't know why. I didn't really know anything, um, which was probably beneficial. Um, but I, yeah, I just knew I was going to. So I just, we uh, did youth work for a while. We did um, co-pastor in Sydney for a while. And 
and then seven years ago uh, they asked me to come up to Coffs and be the that's my first senior pastoral role um, yeah and that's yeah, huge chain of events and 20 years of history, and now I'm a pastor. So there you go. And for anyone that's driven through Coffs Harbour uh, at night, they'll see the, the church with the big blue cross. Yeah, that's uh, how it gets its name. Just yeah. around the corner from the big <laughs> banana, right? Eh? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it was always known as the church with the blue cross on it, so we just called it Blue Cross Church. Yeah, so, sounds good. Yeah. That's, that's how, you know, that's about as deep as that whole name thing goes. Now, mate, this book uh, that you've, you've written called The Fog Lifter, yep. it's got a very interesting title. Tell us what it's all about. Well, it's all, it's all about um, lifting the fog around, um, around depression and mental illness and the recovery process that people can go through um, to live a life beyond um, the confines of depression and mental illness. And that that's it's birthed out of my past because I was a, a very, very sick uh, young man um, who went through enormous, um, paranoid schizophrenic behaviour, um, yeah, just hallucin- hallucinations, all sorts of stuff. So I understand how dark and, and, and bad the mind can get. Um, and I also understand that, that uh, you know, this is a world that's struggling with, its, with thoughts and things like that as more than probably any other time in history. So I've penned the book, um, and it's all about living, lifting the fog and making life a better place to live. Now, mate, um, you know, the statistics of those that uh, struggle with mental illness uh, in Australia are, are really, um, you know, growing. Uh, you know, a lot of people struggling with all sorts of different um, forms of depression and schizophrenia, bipolar, all those kind of uh, different illnesses. Yep. Um, you, you rarely come across someone that's really been set free from it. Uh, uh, so is is this uh, is the book focusing on how to get set free from that kind of stuff? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But it's not it's not it's not giving sort of pat answers and stuff like that. It's it's really about the whole um, renewing of the mind process that we go through. And it, and, and reality is, I was a Christian for twenty years before I wrote it. Mm. You know, so th- this is not. You know, some things changed instantly the day I became a Christian, like um, the paranoia left me. I, I've, I never checked under a bed or behind the cupboard ever since. But the renewing of the mind, because I'd spent 23 years messing my mind up, so it's all about how to, how to control the thought life, how to renew the mind, and the process and allowing the time for us to walk through it. Um, because in the end, the, the reality is in the end, Matt, if a miracle that happens instantly or a miracle that happens t- over time is still a miracle. Yeah. And um, and I'm I'm evidence of that uh, in my life, yeah. So. And mate, you travel around a bit, uh, you know, sharing about the book and uh, yeah. bring, bringing a message in different seminars. What's yeah. the message that you bring when you when you're presenting a seminar? Well, mate, first of all, the message is hope. There's, there's always hope. There's always and there's a hope and there's a plan uh, forward. And the fact and yeah, and that's what I try and get across to people. I try and give them give them first of all hope. And then also give them a plan to understand that you know that where they are now is not necessarily what what um, where their life will remain, and it's okay to be battling with things. It's okay to be working through things because everybody is, and uh, and that there's a plan and, and, and an understanding of what the Bible says because we don't realise you know, a lot of people don't realise that you know uh, uncontrolled thought life, depression, mental stuff. It's all throughout the scriptures. It's just it's all in there, and um, and there's all but also in there. It's not just it's there, but there's also a plan to work our way through um, and recover. 
Now, mate, uh, I've been reading through some of the different responses uh, from different people who've read the book or been impacted by your ministry, and there's an interesting one on your website from Tony Sands, who's uh, the pastor of uh, a Church of Christ, and he says that Viktor Frankl, once interrogated by the Nazis in a concentration camp, reflected on his release that those who survived did so because they found hope for their futures. Uh, Really, if we don't have hope, there's there's no way we can survive. Yeah. Uh, and and you talk about some practical keys uh, to finding hope in this book. Do, do you want to just share with us just maybe a few of them briefly? What what are some of the practical keys uh, uh, that you can give to people that that need hope? Oh, well, well, Matt. First of all, with 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 hope. I mean, what's happening in our society is a lot of people are diagnosed with things, and and it's like a it's like a life sentence. So it just it just sucks the hope out of their lives. Yeah. And uh, and without without any hope in the future, there's no power to live now. Um, so people just go further and deeper into depression. So so yeah, that's the, that's the main message is to provide hope, but also a plan and the keys to to move through it. You know, things like understanding that recovery from from mind issues and depression they're not instant. They're, they're actually and they're not they're not meant to be instant. And nowhere does scripture back up that they're instant. It's basically a process of a renewing of the mind that we go through. Look, I cover things like understanding how to handle things like regret, forgiveness, because um, forgiveness, unforgiveness is one of the major causes for um, depression in our culture. Things like even even stuff, even practical stuff like like um, uh, understanding the role of physical activity yep. in the process of recovery. I cover things like medication. I don't go into like all the different types of medication. It's not it's not written by a doctor, and it's not written to be a, a, a book like that. It's but it's it's actually written to give people hope. But I cover how to the, I see the whole faith thing and medication thing. I, I think we we mess up big time, mm. and when people understand the the the, the way to look at that. It sets them free. Well, let's just tackle a couple of those that you've just raised. I think the forgiveness one uh, is a, a massive one. You know, as, a, as yeah. a pastor myself, I deal with a lot of people that have got unforgiveness, bitterness, and they just, you know, can't deal with those people that have wounded them in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you know, write their name on a piece of paper and throw it in the fire, and yeah. and it's a symbolic act that they've been forgiven. but. Really, you've got to. I mean, you can speak out words of forgiveness, but it's got to really be in the heart, doesn't it? What's What's some practical keys for forgiving those that have wounded us? Practical keys? Yeah. Yeah. Look, look. I think. I think. Um, first of all, a, a greater understanding. Yeah. Uh, of you know where that's coming from and and how it actually affects us and how it limits us. Um, understanding how the scripture talks about uh, forgiveness and understanding that forgiveness can be a, a process as well. Not necessarily a an instant, because um, I mean, if we're all really honest, we'd all know that there's people we've had people in our lives that you know we've gone well. I'll forgive them. We make the choice, but we can tell we haven't because by that afternoon we're starting. We think about them again, and all the anxieties come up, and so on like that. So understanding that it can be a process, but understanding that there's incredible amount of freedom in pursuing that process. Yeah. Um, to let go of it. And, uh, and one of the big ones is in our culture is, of course, not necessarily the forgiving of others, but it's actually forgiving ourselves yeah. for the mistakes we've made. And, and you know, uh, yeah, mm. yeah that, that's, that's huge. Understanding how to do it, why to do it, and then the process of doing it. Um, people can grab a hold of it. And if they're, if they're dealing with something that, um, you know, someone like a, a, 
uh, an issue with a parent or something like that, it might take them a fair while to actually completely forgive them. And there's a point where it does change if you, if you, if you persist along the right way. Uh, does that make sense? It does, mate. And, you know, I'm just thinking about my personal journey, you know. Um, many years ago I had uh, a couple of guys that we had some issues that we were dealing with in, inside the church, and um, I really struggled to forgive them. And uh, I felt the Lord say to me, you know, you actually need to go and meet with them, have a coffee, and tell them that you've forgiven them and, and make peace with them. Yeah. And, you know, because if you bump into them in the street and you've got an issue, then it's just not going to be pretty, is it, you know? Um, you don't always have to go to the person and uh, and reconcile face-to-face, uh, but would you recommend that it's it's sometimes a good step to take? I think sometimes it is. Mm. But, but understanding before you do that is that, they could very well not go, yeah. oh, I'm sorry for this. Yeah. They, could, they can just basically reject you because yeah. I've done this. Mm. You know, I had someone in my life who was, a, a, for, for about a decade, who was an extremely negative influence. And, and I'd actually, I went to that person, but all I got was, oh, you're a bit of an idiot, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you go to them, sometimes it doesn't work out how you would like it to do, but, but still forgiving them sets you free. Forgiveness actually, the, unforgiveness, Binds up the person who's actually holding it, not yeah. necessarily the person who they they won't forgive. You know, they can be getting on with their life. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, they say that you know, if you've got someone that you have unforgiveness towards, it's like letting them live rent free in your heart. You know, you, you carry them around with you. And uh, I tell yeah. you, when I when I went and reconciled with with those guys, I just felt such a, a burden off my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, and real, re, you know, healing comes. You know, uh, it says in the Word of God, doesn't it? You know, forgive one another so that you might be healed. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Now, mate, the other the other key that you mentioned there is uh, physical uh, well being. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that struggle with mental illness, um, a lot of it is to do with uh, you know uh, bad diets or yeah. n- lack of exercise or l- lack of you know looking after yourself physically. Is yeah. that is, is that an important thing to make sure that we're we're, we're on top of things, uh, looking after ourselves physically? Mate, look, I think it's vital. The, mm. the more the more I look into it, see, see, people need to understand that it, everything's not spiritual. Yeah. Right? Sometimes things are just plain physical. Yeah. Okay. You go to a, you go to a uh, someone a, a young lady who's got postnatal depression. Okay. It's it's actually it's not a, a spiritual thing. Okay. Mm. It might end up a spiritual thing. There might be all sorts of stuff happening around them, but a lot of that can be just physical. Yeah, some people can end up with depression just purely because they eat the wrong food. Yeah. You know that and that's and that's that's in some cases. So there's all there's different aspects of it. But just putting in some simple things into your place, into place like a regular exercise routine, yep. um, like walking. I mean, I'm, I walk right? I half an hour, walk four or five times a week. Uh, just in doing that, the the process of, of how it works in your body and how and how your your body physically reacts to that actually helps you um, recover from things like depression. Yeah, you've got to do a couple of things like when you're walking. Um, one of the keys is because your mind will always start going so controlling the way you think you know think on things that are good pure holy that sort of stuff so there's a there's a couple of tips to do it but yeah just the, the physical exercise can make actually a powerful difference in your life and, and i've had that happen in my life so. well it's been great to catch up with you we're speaking with pastor and author gary blackford author of the book the fog lifter and uh, a very important book i think uh, for for many in, in our nation right now uh mate if people want to find out more i guess the website is the best place to go it's called uh, the fog dot com yeah notice you're also on facebook and twitter people can find your information there pastor gary blackford and uh also you're the pastor of the blue cross church in coffs harbour new south wales 
Uh, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure, Matt. Thanks, Ian. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.